As the season shifts, the snows drift in on the northern winds. A pale moon rises, passed by a tiding, perched on low pines, as Halloween ends. The beast summoned prior by old Scratch's desire has set off over the hills with a clawful of runes, bones adorning truest, a solid conviction to kill. A premonition pulled from the ether runs wild as a night terror stirring the soothsayers and uninitiated. One Sangoma awoken to lay open a tome cursed with what dread anticipated. Psalm spoken over fire stoked, visions in the smoke of the veil lifting on darker dealings in the embers of November beyond what the void broached. celebrate its return. Here is where dark meets darker. Samhain has come and gone, but the spell of time calls forth quicker shadows. While the veil has just been its thinnest, I feel now the void is a gaping maw. And I'm your host, Travis Maxoboom. I'm chiming in from Selma, Alabama, here on this crisp November night. And Selma is wickedly close to Salem. So that kind of gives me a little bit of a good feeling. Even though it might be a bad feeling to some. And there's a little bit of whiskey here for this werewolf. I'm sipping some Johnny Walker Red Label and chasing it with a little Elysian Space Dust IPA. Trying to keep these hard-working bones warm. So I've been busting some serious ass lately. My body is sore. I'm run a little ragged. But it's worth it every week when I see that sweet, sweet moolah. Sorry for the delay in regular episodes. Adjusting to this new lifestyle has been a little tough. I'm working on average 12-hour days. And by the time I get back to my hotel room... I'm not really up for anything other than taking a hot shower and watching a few horror movies. And speaking of horror movies, towards the end of this episode, I'm going to go ahead and recap my 31 days of horror uh, for, for the Halloween month. But it's not October anymore, which brings us to sort of tonight's subject. Let's bite into the meat of this thing, known as November. 
from the Latin novum, meaning nine. It is the penultimate month. It once held the Roman religious festival of Ludi Polybi to entertain the masses and would be repeatum due to a vitium if owed. An avitium for the unaware or the unlearned of this sort of esoteric term, to me anyway, is a ritual fault. Uh, whenever you're performing something, like let's say the priest is swinging that weird fucking smoking ball around, if it were to fall and break open on the floor and the altar boys would knock a candle over and start burning the pulpit to the fucking holy throne or whatever is so sacred about those steps, that would be a vitium. The ritual was fucked. The Apulum Jovis was attended by the gods in this month, and Brumalia was celebrated in the dark. Brumalia honored Saturn, or Kronos, during the time of year when most work was made difficult by the cold winters. Sacrifices were made of pigs and goats. The animals were skinned, and offerings of wine, olive oil, grain, and honey were given to the priest of Ceres. Words of blessings on these nights were often exchanged as Vivus Enos, live for years. Anglo-Saxon scholar Bede called November Blood Monoth, or Blood Month, in his treatise De Temporum Ration, The Reckoning of Time, in which he says, Blood Monoth is the month of immolations, for it was in this month that the cattle which were to be slaughtered were to be dedicated to the gods. The Calendarium Poeticum explains, this month is called Novembris in Latin, and in our language, the month of sacrifices because our forefathers, when they were heathens, always sacrificed in this month. harvest and the beginning of winter. As this blood month held sacrifices to the old pagan gods in the slowing of pastoral life, it also signified something a bit more sinister. November is most associated with the festival of Samhain, or in summer, from October 31st to November 2nd. This magical turning point in the wheel of time opens the living up to the supernatural. November 2nd is also Dia de los Mortes, or Day of the Dead, and the entire month is dedicated to the holy souls in purgatory by Catholics. The zodiac signs for this month are Scorpio, ruled by Pluto, god of the underworld and ruler of the dead, and Sagittarius, the half-man, half-beast. November is the month of the bonfire ritual, 
to burn away unfit-to-eat animal parts and to appease the gods. And what we here at the nightclub are going to be doing this month is a little bit of soul-searching, a little bit of slaughter-seeking. The next episode is going to regale you with tales of Saturn or Kronos, some of the darker myths from that ancient time. And it's going to be capped off with the midnight ritual of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I want you to get this movie ready, watch it in preparation, because I've been waiting to sink my teeth into this film. Although November was the meat of the episode, I think most of this length is going to be taken up by my 31 Nights of Horror from the Halloween month. Now, some of these films I will go into some detail, so if you haven't seen them when I mention them, you might want to skip ahead. I can't guarantee that uh, spoilers won't occur. A few of the films on this list might be a little bit of cheating on my part because I did watch them prior to October and uh, a couple of them after October. But as I've previously stated, I've been a busy person with a lot of life changes. So forgive me my sins or sin away yourself. Starting the list off, and this is in the chronological order in which I watch the films because I'm a nerd like that and I make lists. Starting off my 31 nights of Halloween is Rob Zombie's Three from Hell. It saddened me to know that Sid Haig was very sick at the time that this movie was filmed, and it saddens me even more that he passed away recently. But this film, hmm, it's hit and miss. I really enjoyed seeing some of the familiar characters, Otis Driftwood, Baby Firefly, the inclusion of Richard Brake as Winslow Foxworth, Coltrane or Foxy was a welcome surprise because that guy is a phenom. The movie has a uphill, downhill type of plot. I, I don't I don't really know if you could even call it a plot necessarily. The Firefly clan somehow escapes prison, gets baby cut loose from prison. I won't go into those details. And they end up in Mexico where some serious shit goes down. There are moments of Devil's Reject-esque gore or tension. And then there's a sort of almost hangout movie type of feel going on. I was very torn by the film, but I was glad I got to see it in theaters. I think it's worth a watch. The next film on the list is Maniac from 1980. This movie I had a lot of fun with. It's sort of a mindfuck. Not a total mindfuck, but... Quasi. It's a proto slasher or real slasher. I'm not really sure how to how to explain the film, but but if you're into Frank Zito, the guy who fucking uh, tells Rocky that he needs to break motherfuckers' thumbs when they owe money, being a serial killer, then Maniac would be right up your alley. Next up is the Burning from 1981. 
at this moment I really can't even remember the film which is probably unfair because I think I remembered liking it but I'm going to move on because I, I don't remember anything about it up next is Satan Slaves from 2017 and this is a prequel to the original Satan Slaves from 1980 it's an Indonesian horror film written by Jocko Anwar I hope I'm saying his name correctly or her name I don't I don't know the gender of the the director but this film was fucking incredible it's a sort of ghost story uh there's a lot going on in this movie <laughs> a ringing a little ringing bell plays really 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 well in this film for jump scares that I, I'm not a huge huge fan of jump scares but but they managed to pull off a jump scare really well when you plan a jump scare out just like in hereditary with the sound when you plan a jump scare you set it up and it pays off later that I'm a fan of that really gets me that shows me that you're as a filmmaker as a storyteller you're really trying to craft something versus just having a loud noise to have the audience jump and then giggle. If a fucking cat or a raccoon or whatever, a door slams and the audience can kind of giggle at themselves for being scared at nothing, well, you've sort of lost me. But when you can make me feel dread because of a sound or something that happens, yeah, those jump scares I'm a fan of. All right, and then I watched All the Colors of the Dark from 1972, a giallo, which is an, uh, an Italian slasher film. Another one I don't remember a lot about, but I do remember enjoying the movie. Giallos tend to be experimental, and I like that when it comes to horror films. The next one, Starry Eyes from 2014. This one blew me away. I wasn't expecting what I got. It's about an actress who is auditioning for a part, and the casting agents have her do some pretty strange, abusive things to herself. What follows is nothing short of satanic. I won't go into it. You've got to see Starry Eyes. Then I revisited something that I had tried to watch back when it originally came out in 2012. I've got another Rob Zombie film here on this list. The Lords of Salem. Back when I first tried to watch the movie, 15 to 20 minutes into it, I was bored. And I turned it off. Sometimes you're just not in the right mood for a film. You should pause it, put it away, come back to it a week later, a month later... Or in my case, eight years later. And I have to say, I've seen every Rob Zombie film to date. I'm not a Rob Zombie hater. Just like I'm not an Eli Roth hater. There are some people out there who just like to hate on these directors. But, Lords of Salem might be Rob Zombie's best film. I'm not saying it's my favorite film of his. But it might be his most well-crafted film to date. It's very Rosemary's Baby in its pacing and, well, I don't, I'm not going to compare it to Rosemary's Baby in, in overall quality, but I think this movie should be revisited and reevaluated because I know it's gotten a lot of hate 
I don't know. I enjoyed it a lot. It's a good slow burn. It builds up to something. And it has one of the freakiest fucking witch Sabbaths ever put to film. At least, a, at least that I've seen. So then there's City of the Dead from 1960. That was an oldie but a goodie. Uh, not quite as good as another older film that's going to come up later on the list. But I do remember enjoying it. Don't remember a lot about the plot, but it was worth a watch. Then there's Nosferatu the Vampire from 1979. Directed by Werner Herzog. This film was incredible. It's a remake of the classic Nosferatu. So it plays out much the same way. Although in color and up to date at least for 1979 cinematography. And I think it's still fresh as hell. Then I watched Martyrs from 2008. Now people go crazy for this movie. They say it's one of the most fucked up movies they've ever seen. While it was fucked up. Maybe I'm desensitized or maybe it just the hype it didn't hit me the right way. I did enjoy it a lot. I highly recommend it. It's about a girl who's seeking revenge for some wrongdoings that were done to her in her youth. I'm not going to spoil anything. You should see it. It is pretty bloody. But uh, I've seen worse. And now we're going to start my uh, last drive in with Joe Bob Briggs films because I had to I had to watch some of these with Joe Bob and Darcy, the male girl. Thank you, Shudder. Best fucking app I have on my phone or any device that I'm using to watch films on. I'm watching from 1985 with Joe Bob, Demone or Demons. This is just a fun 80s flick. I mean, it's full of gore. It's full of awesome special effects. A fucking helicopter crashes through the ceiling of a movie theater after this guy goes ape shit riding around on a fucking motorcycle through the aisles fighting demonically possessed moviegoers. There's so much going on in this movie. I can't even. It's a comedy horror and you've just got to see this one. Then I watched Pieces also with Joe Bob from 1982. This was originally meant to be his final film that he would ever do a drive-in review of thank god that he and shutter decided to keep him going but man what a weird fucking slasher flick it's funny uh, sometimes because it's embarrassingly made or the plot's going places or the characters are doing things that you're just totally not expecting or you wouldn't do yourself some of the reactions that the characters are having to the slasher villain coming after them it's priceless. You've got to watch pieces and do it with Joe Bob. Get Shutter. It's five bucks a month, people. Come on. Stop fucking around. After that, I watched Nightbreed from 1990, a Clive Barker film based on some of his own work. I know that this movie has a cult following. I did not see the director's cut, I saw the original theatrical cut, and. While I appreciate some of the ideas and some of the imagery, this fell way short of Clive Barker's debut Hellraiser. I'm not going to sit here and trash the film. I think it just got a little too messy and somewhat a little bland. But following that, 
I sat down with Joe Bob again and watched a horror movie classic and what a lot of people consider to be the originator of the splatter gore genre, Herschel Gordon Lewis's Blood Feast from 1963. I can't say much about this film. Not because you don't need to be spoiled. There's not a lot that goes on that can't be spoiled. People get killed. It's just a little bit of a it's just a little bit of a drag. And I don't mean sad, I mean it's like hard to sit through, honestly. But there is a lot of blood and there is some scenes that I think are still kind of effective. It's just overall, it's kind of a trashy movie. Following that, however, I watched 2016's The Autopsy of Jane Doe. If you've not seen The Autopsy of Jane Doe, don't worry. I'm not spoiling a fucking thing. It's starring Brian Cox and Emil Hirsch, and you need to watch it. I almost put it in my top 35 favorite horror films of all time. It was in the honorable mentions, so if I had a top 40 or 45 or whatever, it would definitely be in there. Now the next film I'm going to mention, even though I don't really think of it as part of my 31 Nights of Halloween Horror or whatever the hell I'm calling it, but I did make an argument for its status as a horror film, and that's 2019's Joker. Go back and listen to Rick Disgrin. I think that's episode 5 of the podcast, if you want to hear a midnight ritual of Joker. I'm not going to go into it anymore here. Up next... Again at the last drive-in, 1979, Don Coscarelli's Phantasm. This is my second viewing of this movie, and I meant to go down the rabbit hole that Joe Bob had neatly dug for me with his Christmas special from 2018 where he reviews Phantasm, Phantasm 3, 4, and 5. Regretfully, I have not gone back and finished the sequels, but I probably will. Phantasm, this is a mindfuck. It's a horror dreamscape. The tall man, the dwarves, the other world through this invisible portal, the funeral home, the coffin throwing, the transvestite sex murder. Like, this movie is balls to the wall crazy. I didn't even mention the floating spears that fucking kill people. You've got to see it. Excuse me while I sip my whiskey. So up next is 2014's The Taking of Deborah Logan. This is a documentary found footage style film. And while I'm not the biggest fan of found footage, probably because I haven't seen that that many of them, this movie was incredible. The performances were all believable, like you were really watching a documentary. And the payoff, the ending, it's one of the craziest scenes I've ever seen in a horror film. I'm not going to go into it, like I've been saying, you just got to see it. But after that, this is the oldest film on the list, 1932's The Old Dark House, another movie I had considered putting in my top horror films of all time. I talked about it recently, go watch this movie. It's public domain, you have no excuse not to see this black and white, hidden gem, fucking masterpiece from James Whale. It's atmospheric, creepy, funny, fun all around. The Old Dark House. Visit it. After that, I watched Waxwork from 1988, starring Zach Galligan or Gilligan. 
Galligan? The fucking guy from Gremlins. This movie was fun. I liked some of the scenes, some of the scenarios. Uh, these kids go to a, a, a wax museum and they stumble into some of the scenarios that are set up with the wax dummies and they have to they are then forced to live them out. One of them is a werewolf scene. I think it's actually the first one. That was great. Some of them are uh, not as cool. But overall, the movie's fun. It goes absolutely apeshit at the end. I mean, complete chaos. And I'm a big fan of that. Then I sat through the Slumber Party Massacre from 1962. I say sat through because my attention wasn't really kept by it. It's not a bad movie. It's not a bad slasher. I just wasn't that entertained. But the next film on this list, 1980's The Changeling. This is a ghost story that is really, really worth masterpiece class level recognition. And it's not just because it's a haunted house story, but the plot goes many more places beyond the house that I never anticipated. It was incredible. All the performances were incredible. This was a movie that was kind of hyped up beforehand, just by reputation. And I've got to say, it lives up to it. After that, I returned to the last drive-in for a double feature of Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer from 1986 and Madman from 1981. Henry is disturbing in how realistic that it seems, or how realistic it could be if you looked at it as this is a day in the life, or a week in the life, or however long the story takes place over, but of this guy that is just going around murdering people and has a rationale for it. It's not one that I agree with, but it's one he's worked out in his own mind. Henry is played by Michael Rooker, who nowadays people mostly know from Guardians of the Galaxy. But go back, watch this film. It's his best work. Madman, not like Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer, is not quite as classic. Although to some slasher diehards, it probably is. I had a lot of fun with the movie. It's about this crazy fucking dead farmer daddy who, who is attacking campers. Uh, you know, it's kind of your generic type of slasher film. But done pretty well in my opinion. I think it has a lot of fun scenes, a lot of funny hokey acting, and a really memorable slasher villain. When you see him, you won't forget him. After that, I had to revisit 2013's Evil Dead. Fede Alvarez and crew made a fucking masterpiece, a modern masterpiece. I talked about this movie in my countdown. I won't go back to it right now. I'm going to jump ahead here. Next on the list, first time watch. I'd been waiting to see this film for a long time. Finally got around to it. 2007's Trick or Treat. And wow. This is a Halloween classic. I'm going to watch this movie every year if I can remember to do it or have time to do it, but it's definitely on the rewatch schedule for next year for sure. Maybe even a midnight ritual. I had so much fun with it, and it's got Brian Cox in it again. Fucking A. After that, another movie that was hyped up, 2017's November. Fittingly. 
This is a 19th century Estonian story that has a lot to do with the folklore of Estonia. I didn't understand at all, but from the opening scene where this weird hodgepodge creation is sent to take a cow and fly it back to its owner or whoever's stealing it perhaps, to their location, helicopter style, the movie's funny, it's beautifully shot, it's all in black and white, and I think it's the, I think I've watched five black and white films for this Halloween rundown, if I'm not mistaken, but it's a folk horror movie, I highly fucking recommend it. We're getting towards the end here, I went back to the last drive-in, not once, not twice, but three times. First for Reanimator, 1985, my third watch of this movie. Fucking classic. An H.P. Lovecraft story directed by Stuart Gordon. This movie is a classic, in the same vein as like an Evil Dead 2 or a Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, where it blends the comedy and the scares in an amazing way. If you've never seen Reanimator, you need to do it with Joe Bob, because he brings the tidbits and he brings the laughs. But a mad scientist named Herbert West has found a formula for reanimating the dead. It doesn't go as planned any of the times that he does it. They always come back as psychotic, super strong, angry, crazy zombies. The movie has a dead cat that likes to attack people. A head, it has a headless body that carries the head around that likes to eat out women, if you know what I mean. And I think you do. There's an entire morgue apocalypse scene. Reanimator's great. A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night from 2014, the next film I saw at the last drive-in. Wow. Another black and white movie. It's an Iranian vampire tale about a lovesick vampire. And she gets mixed in with a sort of Iranian James Dean type character. The movie is full of hope, believe it or not, by the end. I'm not going to say what happens, but I was impressed with how they decided to end the movie, especially after the riveting story that was told. Girl walks home alone at night. Go walk with her. See what's happening. It's fucked up. And the last movie I watched with Joe Bob and Darcy was the classic 1978's Halloween that's how Joe Bob started off this year's Halloween Hootenanny, so I had to watch it. He also covered parts 4 and 5. I haven't gotten around to seeing him play those yet, but I will. What's there to say about Halloween that hasn't already been said? I've talked about it in my countdown. I'll probably do a midnight ritual of it at some point because it's so essential in the horror genre, and it is that damn good. And finally... I was cheating a bit with these last two because I watched them in November, but, you know, Samhain doesn't end on the 31st, does it? I saw 1999's Audition at the recommendation of a friend, and holy shit, what a slow burn. What an unexpected slow burn. The movie plays for about an hour, heading in one direction when it suddenly turns to another, and then another, and then another. It has sort of dreamlike sequences that blend reality and happenstance of what might have occurred or what's currently occurring. It was a little hard to follow at some points, but not because of a, of a messy narrative. It's just the way the film was designed. 
And man, oh man, does it get fucked up by the end. You want some gore? Watch Audition. And finally, capping off my 31 nights of Halloween horror, Ecstasy. A film that I've been waiting for since 2016, when I saw Robert Eggers' first movie, The Witch. I watched The Lighthouse, starring Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. And it's a masterpiece. This black and white, isolated, comedy horror film blends Hitchcock-like tension with Greek and Roman mythology, which ties into what I said a little bit earlier. The next episode, I'm going to tell you some ancient tales, and then we're going to round things out with the cattle that were sacrificed, the bloodlust, the slaughter of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The lighthouse is sort of the first stop on this journey. I'm not ready to do a midnight ritual of this movie yet. I've only seen it once, but don't worry, it's coming. As well as a rundown of Robert Eggers, Ari Aster, Jordan Peele, maybe throw in some Mike Flanagan in there. Because there are a lot of fucking auteur or just plain geniuses making horror films nowadays. So I hope this tease of an episode is enough to satiate your appetite. And before I go, I want to remind you to join us. Subscribe on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, or visit our official website, thenightclub.fireside.fm, for other podcatchers, our blog, and direct from the void downloads and streaming. Find us at facebook.com slash the nightclub podcast or check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash the nightclub podcast. Reach out and touch pure evil using our email, the nightclub podcast at gmail.com. Subscribe, give a five pointed pentagram reading, and write up a review. Before we close out the episode, I'm going to give you a quote from Thomas Hood. No park, no ring, no afternoon gentility, no company, no nobility, no warmth, no cheerfulness, no healthful ease, no comfortable feel in any member, no shade, no shine, no butterflies, no bees. No fruits, no flowers, no leaves, no birds. November. Stay spooky, bitches. <laughs> <laughs>